I woke up in the mood to kill. To kill all negative notions of broken, bitter emotions. Zombie-filled life walking amongst the living. Two shots of intelligence to the dome. High, low points tipped into the beginning of the end. Straight through to the source, leaving no spillage of matter or residue of misuse. Rave in the mocking of death, the omen of darkness, mimicking the sounds of the righteous, killing two birds with one stone as I skip over the waters, rivers, and lakes. I find myself sunken in the floods of vengeance. I woke up in the mood to beget cruelty to a brutal world known as generational. Cursed with bondage to a cycle vicious enough to play on repeat, chained to malice and deceit. So I'll use this key of change and truth to unlock the doors that have been barricaded behind the building blocks of lies. An alternate reality through stashed away history. As I sweep under rugs and dust the pans of hidden treasures, I find myself on the outside looking into a renovated house. I woke up in the mood to cause turbulence to the identified flying object known as rockets of gentrification, blasting off all bombs over black dads and bodies. I use the ology of technicality now to see how to retrieve the lives of prominent dominance in the people that are called bronze. As I notify Houston that there was never a problem and signal the 13 that it's showtime and cue them to hold their breath as they tank into a constant suffocation. I woke up in the mood of cosmic surgery, using medical procedures of restoration to scalpel through all the artificial tissues in a body hold of influence, stitching up the wounds from imagery and shame, using fine fibers of uniqueness and confidence to ban the age of self-esteem. While the organs play the symphony of a new tune formed from the blues of socialism, as I clean off my tools of reconstruction and look on to the silver lining of death, I realize I woke up today and chose violence. You tried to silence her rod, but this child is not impaired. Thirteen times of repetition of proverbs lying within the proverbs of the 24 roots to the tree of malignancy. I beat the odds and I found God and did the work many was afraid to. I bared this cross with thorns and lesions branched from doom just for my fruit to be juiced with freedom as they bloom. Because I am the curse breaker. You're listening to Spoken Soul Sessions. You ready, my man? With poetic black. Ain't nothing holding me back but me and who's holding you but you but you. Check this out, man. Spoken Soul Sessions. Oh my god. This is Spoken Soul Sessions with Poetic Black. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Bold stances and looted dances got us here. You are listening to Spoken Soul Sessions with Poetic Black. We'll start from scratch. 
possibilities. Welcome, welcome to another episode of Spoken Soul Sessions. I'm your host, Poetic Black, and I'm happy to be here. Spoken Soul family, what's good? We got another one for you guys today. Yes, I'm feeling real good today. And I hope, I hope you're feeling good too. Listen to me. I hope. I hope you're on your path today. I hope you're focused, not allowing anyone or anything to impede your progress. I hope you're on your grind. Today is the day we realize our worth, our value. You are important. You are necessary. Live in that. Spoken Soul family, we got another dope show lined up for you guys today. I mean, I, I heard this sister spit online and uh, she blew me. She just blew me away, man. And um, just a little taste of her writing ability was a poem written by her in the beginning of the show. You guys know how I do. I want to bring I want to bring you guys into the world of spoken word. And uh, this sister right here, man, that poem right there in the beginning of the show that I that I recited was written by my guest today, Malika Lady B. And uh, it's a it's a profound poem. The name of that poem is called I Chose Violence. And uh, we're going to get into that. But first, uh, let me give this queen the proper introduction that she deserves I'm talking about none other than my sister Malika Lady B Malika Lady B is a native is a native Jersey girl who resides in Virginia she's a mother of three beautiful growing young men who owns her own business starting her writing journey in elementary school, she found a place for her pen through short stories, poetry, journaling, and various other forms of writing. Understanding the power of her words and her works in high school, she began to focus many of her poetic pieces towards her love for her culture. Her muse went from literary works to her environment and her love to push true knowledge in the direction it's needed. Through her many years of life, she has used her experiences and perspective as education and education to push life through her words as a teacher, mentor, motivational speaker, writer, and mother. She is currently getting back into writing and hopes to finally showcase her work through novels and collections in the near future. One of her quotes for each day is a new, each moment is a memory. To one's perception is life. But where you are rooted, your being blossoms. Lady B, ladies and gentlemen, with no further ado, I want to walk. I want to welcome to the Spoken Soul Session Studio none other than Malika, Lady B. (laughs) 
What's good, Queen? What's good with you? How you doing today? How are you? I'm, I'm alright. You know, I'm living. That's what's up. Dope. <laughs> That's what's up, man. Uh, I'm so happy and I'm so excited to have you in the studio. And uh, man, we're going to get right into it, man. Everybody knows that my first question that I ask all my guests is why poetry because i want to know i want to know the different perspectives of different artists because i believe that artists we just think different we see the world different you know so i like to get that different perspective from different artists so miss malika lady b beautiful queen tell us please why poetry but um for me, it was an escape. You know, at first I wasn't really much of a talker when I was younger. So my words were written a lot, started journaling. And I want to say maybe third grade. Yeah, third grade, a teacher of mine kind of introduced it like in its actual form like sonnets and all that, haikus. But my dad and like a couple of my uncles actually got me into it. You know, so hearing how powerful they spoke and then to read some of their works that people never heard, never seen, it was like, ah, I could do that. You know, just express myself when people wouldn't listen, read it, you'll know. Mm. So for me, poetry was a much needed voice when I was voiceless. Mm. So, you know, it, it means a lot. Writing is my first love. But mm. poetry got me, man. <laughs> <laughs> see, it's, see, that's the thing, like with a lot of us, like for me also, it was it was an escape. It was an escape. You know, it was ways to put things on paper or release things out of me that that was like causing turmoil inside of me. Being able to put them down on paper, it was it's like a, a way of venting. Like for a lot of artists, you know, that poetry is it, an escape because it's like you literally with yourself, you literally with the idea of who you are and what's around you. And, you know, we find different fascinating ways to come up with ways to say these things but in essence it's just a pure it's just a pure love you know it's just a pure love pure respect for words that you know it just it just does something to you you know so for me like a lot of a lot of poets you know it was that escape so you know what i'm saying we definitely on the line with we in alignment with that you know because it's it's that escape for a lot of us but i want to i want to really get into this poem man now i hope i hope i did this poem justice you did you really did though had me like i wrote that <laughs> appreciate it i mean because yo this poem right here when i wrote i mean when i read it i got goosebumps and like me personally i you know i don't get goosebumps for every poem i read you know what i'm saying i just don't and um when the artist touched me in in ways like that because i've heard artists spit pieces and i get those goosebumps when they try and deliver their piece or whatever I'm like wow i really felt that but that poem right there i really felt that like i want to know your insight 
of the poem, you know what I'm saying? Because you the one who wrote it, you know what I'm saying? But I can I can definitely talk about the takeaways that I got from the poem. So tell us, like, what inspired that poem? Like, ladies and gentlemen, the name of the poem is I Chose Violence. Dope, dope title, dope title. You know what I'm saying? Very befitting, but get it. Like, tell us, please, Miss Lady B, tell us, you know, what inspired that poem? The rawness of it, honestly, it was a lot of things I was going through. And, you know, as you grow and you choose to want to be on your healing journey, a lot of the things that you deal with, me personally, wasn't even my cross to bear. Mm. It was like generational. Once I started really getting into my family history, asking the questions that, you know, as black families, they want to sweep under the rug. Mm. You don't really want to talk about it. And I have a way with words. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> so, you know, having conversations with my grandmother, um, my dad, prior to him passing, my mom, you know, a couple of the family members that were like really strong in the family unit, I started understanding a lot. Mm. And it was like, sheesh. You know, um, my grandmother, my mom, my dad, all was a part of like, the plantation life, mm. slavery, um, racism at its height. Mm. To hear those stories, it's like, man, so this is why I feel this way. This is why this is happening. And it had nothing to do with me. Wow. And then, um, you know, the stereotypes of a black woman, of a mm. black man, mm. it's like when you dig deep into that, then you look at the world without the blinders, you know, and you literally sit in it. You realize a lot, like the self-esteem aspect that's in there is literally from myself, people around me, my family members. We put so much time into not fitting into a stereotype or not fitting a mold that was made for us. You forget about yourself. And um, that last stanza, right? Proverbs 13. <sighs> I heard that a lot in my life. You know, my father mm. used to always say it. We'd mm. be like, man, you just saying that because y'all beat us a couple minutes ago. <laughs> 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 and, you know, as I got older and I actually took the words from what it stood for, it's like, wow. Mm. And, you know, I had this Caucasian white lady, whatever. Stopped me at Walmart. She seen how I was with my sons. And she was like, excuse me, I don't mean to, you know, we didn't see your personal business. But um, can I just say, I wish I was you. I'm like, I said, baby, no, you don't. Do you see the skin? <laughs> Do you see this? And she said to me, she was like, you know, when I say I want to get in your business, she said, I, you coming up, you've been disciplined. right?" I'm like, yeah, you know, that's a part of our culture. And she said to me, like, I wish I had that. And I'm looking at her like, you wish you got beat? Like, what? Popped? Mm. She's like, the way their culture is, she said. And, and it just came from a white lady, which blew me. And she was like, you ain't never hear on the TV about a black person shooting up a school mm. or doing something to their parent. It's not normal for y'all. Mm. I'm like, it's not. That's right. And you know, took away that conversation at the end. She was like, you know, 
go thank your parents because they truly loved you. And she said, you passing that down. So, you know, I was like, oh, mm. so that, that's kind of where like the overall came from. So it was freeing for me, though. It was. Mm. It was. It's a. It's definitely a profound piece. It's a profound piece. Like like when I when I read the piece, like the title, it threw me a little bit. I was like, I chose violence. It's like straightforward, straightforward. This is what it is. But when you get down to the breakdown of it, you know what I'm saying? Like you said, you got you got things that's generational. And a lot of us as black people, we don't realize that there's a lot of things that's innate in us that we carry around with us on a daily basis. And we don't know. And we don't we really don't even have no clue what's going on and why we why we're the way that we are is because that we've been conditioned. It's been conditioned like the example you gave with the you know what I'm saying um spare the rod, spoil the child, you know what I'm saying? And that was that was something that was was readily repeated in my household also. You know what I'm saying? That means you got your ass whooped. And the thing the thing about it was like when you look at the whole dynamic, when you see these children who go shoot up the schools, it's mainly because when you have that threshold, when there's no threshold, there's no barrier, there's no parameter that you can or can't do, then the child starts to, you know, well, I'm going I'm to keep pushing until I can't push no more. Because that's the, that's, that's the initial stance of the child. They got to know what's hot, what's cold, what's yes, what's no. So when you, when you're young, a lot of, a lot of people in thinking and parenting, oh, just let your child do anything. But if you let your child do anything, you really don't love your child. Like if you see your child going towards a socket with a, with a, with a fork and, and about to play in the socket with a fork, you got to spank them because they, they can't communicate it no, don't do this. This is going to electrocute you. And they don't know that. So they have to have some type of understanding. So you give them the pop. So now they equate in their mind that if I do that, I'm going to get this. I don't want this again. So I'm going to leave that alone. But that rationale never kicks in for certain people because there's no threshold. There's no barrier. There's no, there's nothing there. Free willy. Just do what you want to do. And, and, and that's what happens in this society, Malcolm talked about that. Malcolm talked about that. When Malcolm said, he said, it's a classic case of the chickens coming home to roost. And a lot of people don't know that expression, but that mm-hmm. expression is meaning that all the violence you perpetuate, the violence, the people that in his, in the way Malcolm was using it, all the violence that you perpetuate, the violence you see that you, the America see, not just black people, because we experience it from a different perspective, but mm-hmm. even white people who, who, who are on a, a higher playing field or in a better stance or, or fat, as far as citizenship, you know, they're treated as first class citizens. So when you're dealing with them, it's, it's different. When we when we when we perceive the law, we perceive justice and all that is always perceived differently from black people. But yeah. when you look at it from a whole from holistically and you say, all right, boom, what's 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 really the, the, the crux of it? The crux of it is that all this violence that you perpetuate, you perpetuated on black people. You think that the white people in the country is not seeing that you think the Asian people in the country is not seeing that everybody sees it and it's going to affect people in different ways. So when that's 
same violence that you perpetrate upon us when it comes to your own now seeing and adopting that violence and going and acting that violence out. Now you're like, what happened? No, this is what you produced. You made this okay. You made this okay when you took your children out to what they call picnics and you lynch black people and they they all watched and had barbecues. They, they made it on postcards, um, gator bait, all these different things that you perpetuated on black people is coming home to roost in the violence that the people that you say that is on your side, they're starting to perpetuate this violence against you now because it's yeah. the chicken coming home to roost. So I, I get what you're saying. So, I mean, that poem is, yo, that poem is deep. You know what I'm saying? From a, from a literary perspective, I'm not even talking about a spitting it because performing it is something totally different. But the way you wrote that poem, the way the things that you hit in the stanzas, the different things that you hit, the points you hit, it was a phenomenal piece. You know what I'm saying? And I'm and I'm a lover of of words, and I love words performed, and I definitely love words written. You know what I'm saying? That's my first love, written words. And you wrote that poem so beautifully, and um, and I want to give you your kudos for that. That poem is official, official. Now we're gonna get into some more of your work. We definitely going to get into some more of your work because I have that habit. You know what I'm saying? We start talking and then the whole interview be on that one topic. You know what I'm saying? And my audience will get me in the comments. They'll come and email me. What are you doing? You know what I'm saying? So we definitely want to get into some more of your pieces. All right. So let me, matter of fact, let me play a commercial from one of our sponsors and, uh, I'll set the stage for you to perform your first piece for the for the for the spoken soul session studio. We'll get into that right now. Hello, this is William S. Peters, Sr., a.k.a. Just Bill from Inner Child Press International. First, I must say we at Inner Child Press are proud to support my brother, Daniel Green, a.k.a. Poetic Black, and his prolific, embracing, and informative program, Spoken Soul Sessions. As a publisher and now sponsor of the work Poetic Black does, we at Inner Child Press International offer to you his listeners, and all spoken word artists, writers, and poets, a 10% discount on all of our publishing packages and services. Please mention code SPOKENSOUL to take advantage of this offer while it lasts. You can contact us at InTouch at innerchildpress.com, and we hope to see your words in print very soon. We are Interchild Press International, building bridges of cultural understanding. That's www.interchildpress.com. Thank you. Coming to the stage to spit her first piece, let's give a warm, warm welcome to my sister and your sister, Miss Malika Lady B. I am the reason the birds harmonize, being the mother to your nature's rising. I am the reason the moon greets the sun in the rendezvous to behold the beauty of this sight that only you have been blessed to digest. Your eyes realize in strength in this woman's masculine ways while being stuck on her feminine gaze. 
I beseech you, dear king, to understand this woman in front of you is not your concubine. I am the greatest rib side of the divine grown from this vine is the tree of life and death. As you slither around the root of knowledge, the evil in you has glimpses at the good image in me while you wish to watch my kingdom fall at my feet. You will beg to be part and swing your words around a hole to be sucked into the ground of into its part on me. In tune with this nature is the fine tuning of mother's nature. Succulent. The juices from this mind saps the sexuality in your thoughts. Be thankful you have eaten from my table as I saved you with my purity. The clarity of your taste buds supersedes the opacity of your map. 100% not fully showing your needs through your wants, not trapped, but welcome to a place you never wanted to leave. This generation, birth from me is all you need to see. You see, I breathe so logically. You can't move forward without me. I am your beginning and end. And they say this is a man's world, but forgot to tell the man it's the woman's galaxy. Eve Jean. Damn it, man. Oh, my goodness. One more time for the sister, man. Yo, Spoken Soul family, y'all see what I'm talking about? See, I know how to find them. I know how to find them. I go all of, I go all around the world to get them. Just know I find them. Damn. Damn, B. Damn, B. Like, yo. Yo. <laughs> All right, let's get into it, man. Let's get into it. Now, this is what I call one of them swagger pieces. What's that? What's that line you said? You said that you better be grateful I let you eat at my table. You yeah. said, you said, you said something about the juices being succulent. You know what I'm saying? And uh, yo, this piece right here, man, this is the black woman, man. This is the black woman, man. Oh my goodness. Like for real, for real. Let's matter of fact, let's just get into it. Tell us <laughs> what inspired this piece. Uh, so my dad was a James Brown fan to Max, mm. right? So we used to always hear the song, This is a Man's World. And what I loved about my father, he always, always empowered his daughters, like always. So he'll be singing it. One day I'm like, bruh, what the, how you taking this? Are you telling us this? He's like, nah, listen. Mm. So I'm listening and the lyrics, like he was that man that showed you the words while you was listening. Mm. And I was like, oh, okay. Mm. So like then on, I already knew what it was. Exactly. Growing up in New Jersey, New York, PA, man, listen, the, the ego, the pride of a man, it, it, it hits different up north. Oh. <laughs> and it's like, you know, I got into uh, a little debate. I, I don't argue. I debate. Mm. With this one dude saying how a woman can't raise a boy to be a man. And I'm like, bruh. And I shut him down with this one little line. 
But if that's true, when y'all were giving thanks to y'all parents, the first thing a black man to say, you know, my mom did it by herself. Mm. She went to the man I am today. Mm. And I was at that. And that, that piece, man. That piece right there pays homage, man. It pays homage to the black woman and how essential the black woman is, you know. And, and those who know, know. Those who yeah. know, know. You know what I'm saying? Like, and the reason why you have some individuals who don't get it is because they've they've been voided a certain type of love. You know, it's not balanced. And when you get the balance of, and this is the thing, when you get the balance of father, a father's love and a mother's love, like I, I'm I'm of the opinion that this is a balanced child. And, the, and a lot of times in our community, the black woman have to supplement for the father not being there for whatever may yeah. for whatever reason it may be you know instead of saying oh i'm gonna throw the whole recipe in the garbage black women do what they do and they make it work they ain't gonna say all right look we already thawed out the chicken you know what i'm saying the chicken already seasoned now found out i ain't got no rice what i'm gonna do i'm gonna just throw the chicken away now nah, we're gonna make some mashed potatoes and we're gonna make it work whatever we're gonna do that's the black woman and that's what she does man and um that poem really hits on that sentiment. It really hits on that sentiment. And those who know knows how a father's love, you know what I'm saying? Because you made mention of your father being there. And I think that's so essential. And women that I know that fathers was were, were in their life, you find that they have a certain type of balance. They have a certain type of balance that you see sisters that not raised by no men influence you see the way they move a certain way but when you got that male presence in your life being a female a father's not going to let you just go down any road he's going to check you you know what i'm saying and you know those things to do or what not to do and how to act you know and how to be behave in the presence of a man you know what i'm saying and a boy or a man will find that with his mother you know what I'm saying? Like he would know how to treat a woman from his mother and the way his mother is treated. Because we at the first, you know what I'm saying? Our first stages of life, we emulate. That's what we do. We emulate whatever we see. And the fact that your pops was there and he instilled these principles into you, you know, I know that you're walking with strong stock, like for real, for real. You know what I'm saying? And kudos to you, my black's beautiful queen, you know, because, uh, you know what I'm saying? It's needed is needed and that balance is really is is really you know is needed in our community that's why you find a lot of our brothers our young brothers you know who treat women the way they treat them who act a certain way with women and then you see our sisters who act a certain way with the with the men and it's all because of our upbringing so when you got that balance not saying that one can't be done because it's been proven we got we got case studies after case study to show that look it was just a woman there it was no man there and and look what she produced you dig what i'm saying this is a diamond this is an asset to our our community to the world and it's been done so we got case studies so i i just believe that you know in this society they make a conservative effort to try to separate the power of the black man and the black woman so they know because they know 
I really believe this. They know how powerful we are together yeah. as a unit. Yeah. They know. And you see everything they do is geared towards keeping us apart. In the, in, mm-hmm. in, in, in the media, in the sitcoms, you always see rift between a black man and a black woman. In every sitcom, it's never mm-hmm. like, oh, it's just black love. Yo, what's up, queen? How you doing? And we get, it's always got to be some type of angle. They always got to be at odds with each other because this is the image they want to project to the people, the masses of who we are. And that's not mm-hmm. who we are. They know from experience how powerful we are together. That's why in the times of slavery, they would separate the family. Yeah. It was the, yeah. it was that reason because they knew a family together was strong. And you separate them, and what they've done, what they've done today, and repeatedly do, is they keep us separated. They always want to make some type of riff between the black man and the black woman. They're always putting us in competition. Oh, she makes more money than you. Well, but why do that matter? If the money is coming to the same household, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, if the money comes to the same household, what matters? It don't matter if she makes more or I make more. We both contributing to the household we're living on together. But they create this crazy fake uh, imidity between each other and they they it's propaganda they they promote it yeah 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 stay stay yeah get you a white girl or get you a spanish chick or get you this or get get anything but black you know what i'm saying get anything but black because they know how powerful we are together and i love that poem man that poem right there what's the title of that poem the man's world the woman's galaxy Mm, the man's world the woman's galaxy so be fitting i mean so be fitting man like for real like, I mean, this is crazy. I know I'm going to get mad. I'm going to get mad emails about this show, especially when I put up the clips and I put up, you know what I'm saying, on TikTok and all that. I'm going to get a lot of conversation going on about this. But that that piece right there, Queen, was phenomenal. It's a phenomenal piece, man. Definitely phenomenal piece. And, uh, definitely, man. So you tell us that uh, you... You actually are, you're a, a novelist also, that you do novels and you write, you write short stories. Tell us a little bit about that. How did you get into doing stories? So um, <clears throat> elementary school, you know, um, we had this one English, well, language arts, you know, that's what it was called back language then. Language arts, I remember. <laughs> <laughs> this one language arts teacher. Um, she had us do, was it a, yeah, she had us do a paragraph. We had to finish a sentence she gave. And I guess the way my mom went, she was like, oh. Mm. And like she said to me, she said, um, she liked my my point of view. Like I integrated my experience, other people's experience in my imagination and one. Mm. Like, do you write? And I told her, like, you know, I journal. Or, you know, how I really feel, I'm putting it down. Because mm-hmm. I wasn't really that talkative like I am now. Mm-hmm. And she was like, you know, stick to it. So I fast forward to high school, my sophomore year. Sophomore, yeah, sophomore going into junior year. Um, I used to be that one finished with all her work. Mm. And uh, I'd be, <laughs> be reading books I shouldn't be reading. <laughs> but the actual book for school would be in front of it. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
you know, so I got into the whole when Zane was a, a, a prominent thing. Uh, oh, Zane books, yeah, Zane, yeah, yeah, Zane, yeah, she was, she's special. I remember Zane, <laughs> I remember Zane books. <laughs> yeah, so that was um, Omar Tyree actually was one of my first books, mm. Fly Girl, mm. that I was reading, and I was like, oh, I could do that, okay. And um, I started writing in beginning of junior year, one of my English teachers actually like was so in love with my writing and knew that I read all the books to where he reached out to Terry Woods and mm. you know, we happened to have a conversation and I met, I was like, oh, oh, okay. And she actually was telling me, you know, keep it up, do what you need to do. You know, it's not a lot of us that looks like this that can write the way you write and love how you do it. Mm. And you're not ashamed like the urban books and everything. It was trying to put us in. She's like, more than that. I'm like, ah. And a crazy thing was um, I actually wrote a trilogy and I put some of it up on a website. But then, you know, downward spiral and stuff. I had finished the books. I was about to get the deal for the three book deal, whatever. House fire messed up my whole laptop. Wow. And it was just like I was over it. I was like, man, I'm just uh. so yeah, I'm back to writing, mm. working on novels now. I got like my mind be everywhere. So I got like three right now that I need to finish. Well, I can't I cannot wait. I can't wait. Because your writing ability is is like phenomenal. Like, yeah, I don't, you. I mean, coming from me, you know what I'm saying? It's really, it's really a compliment because, you know, I'm really a buff on the way poetry is written. I love written words. I love to read poetry and get my own interpretation from it. And the poem that you sent me to read, I was like, wow, man, this is so well written. And I was like, wow, this is, it's, it's, it's a profound piece. So you have an ability you know, to really, to really hit the point, and your writing style is so eloquent. It's it's, it's a beautiful read. It's it's not like you gotta, you know, what I'm saying you gotta struggle. You know, what I'm saying sometimes people write, they write abstract where, you know, everything like you gotta piece things together. But your 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 poetry from your poetry is so well written. And um, it's so well received. It's like, wow, man. So I know your novels is going to be off the chain. Like you definitely, I mean, you really definitely. Like every so often I get guests on the show, you know, who's just starting out. You know what I mean? And I want to be that voice of inspiration. You know what I'm saying? You, you're on a different level because it's not like, you know what I'm saying? You're just starting out. You have the skill. It's just a matter of getting it to the people. The people got to hear what you got to offer. You know what I'm saying? Like for real, even, even when you just spit your poem, that, that was the first time, you know what I'm saying? The audience got a chance to hear you spit, you know what I'm saying? And you see the way she writes talking to the audience. You see the way that she writes and um, her delivery, you have a time, a talent and, you know, you need to be heard for real, for real. Like get you a SoundCloud, get you a SoundCloud, get you something where the people can really get to know who you are. Cause I'm dead ass serious. I'm, I'm waiting for the novel. You are a tremendous 
writer, and I can see that off rip. I can see it off rip. You a tremendous writer, Queen. I appreciate you from taking taking the time to come on the show. But we want to get into some more of your phenomenal poetry. We want to get into some more. So uh, I'm going to set the mood one more time for you. Come back to do another piece and another piece and another piece. So, uh, <laughs> so let me set the mood for you. And uh, coming back to the stage. Let's give a warm, warm welcome to my sister and your sister, Malika Lady B. As soft as a pillow, stiffer than a board, hard as a rock, yet strong as an eagle, I need his stillness and motion. His stillness in motion is still motion. His still motion, his physical I seek, priceless, his physique alone just stops the time. His eyes captivate everything sensual, sexual, spiritual, and natural about him. His words. His words define his aura and his lips. Man, his lips are full, divine and kissable. Yes, kissable. The fact that still motion depicts everything I need, want, and yearn for, I can't fathom being in his presence. This still motion is what makes me ask myself, why are you single? Why have you chosen the path of, nah, I'm good? He is the king that you have envisioned, invited, incited, enticed. His arms are muscular, his arm is muscular, perfectly fit for his body and to carry you into places, expand your spaces, demand your taste and indulge in his hands. Look, his hands look so soft and strong at the same time, slowly tracing and outlining in circular motions. I just stare in awe. How did God create such a beautiful black historic figure dipped in a sun-kissed chocolate rose bath, dripped with swag, intelligence, empowerment, and success? His suggestions have become my aspirations. His conversation is mysterious and smitten in all the right ways. I just need to touch him. I just need to feel him. I just need to taste him i just need to breathe him most of all indulge in him as deep as he will allow as deep as he can go picture perfect king picture this perfect king that i paint on a black canvas with my words of brown hues rhythmic melodies and black strokes deeply rooted in the spirit with the perfect shadows of blue god's perfect form of art my moralistic mona lisa but as a king of hearts I want him, I crave him, I exist for him. I am the creator, he flows from my pen. I decide what will be our sin and how this will end. He takes my youth and I give him life, yet my imagination runs away further than me. He is my secret piece. I hide my canvas in his image that stands on display that does not belong to me. The Dorian Gray effect. Yeah, yeah. You have me in my feelings, man. <laughs> you have me in my feelings over here. Wow, man. That piece needs to be 
recited with some with, with with a nice little score in the background. It's it sound like something out of a love movie, man. Like damn, be like damn. What's the name of this piece? What's the name of this piece? That is actually called the Dorian Gray effect. The Dorian Gray effect, and it makes sense. Wow, it makes sense. Wow, <laughs> like. Like damn, there's so many parallels between that the Dorian Gray, the the painting that stays youthful, but he, you know, what I'm saying the painting ages, but he stays young. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Wow, yeah. the description, the description of that poem, like the descriptions you was giving this individual that you was looking for, who he is, the the way you was describing this individual, like damn, man, yet bars be. Like bars, be like it felt like dead ass. It felt like I was like in a, you know what I'm saying? Like damn, like this, like ha, ha, ha. like you know how they got the like the movies. In the, <laughs> it reminds me. I don't know if you ever see this movie, The Legends of the Fall. It was it was this movie called Legends. Of, it's one of my favorite movies. It's a white movie too. It's crazy. Like you know what I'm saying, it, but it's one of my favorite movies. You know what I'm saying, but. That movie was kind of like that, where they they having to talk, they talking, narrating, but the music is playing in the background. You get so emotionally invested in the storyline, and I was invested in the storyline. That was like, you know, what I'm saying that was like some black, like Love Jones, or you know, what I'm saying <laughs> like, damn, B, that 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 poem is def- definitely descriptive. This is a dope piece, man. You have me in my feelings over here. I'm like, wow. <laughs> That's what the, that's what's out there. That you know what I'm saying you, you like, <laughs> like wow, man. You gave you gave him so many descriptions and all that. I was like, wow, that's dope though. That's a dope piece though, Queen. Your your writing ability is phenomenal. And you really need to be heard, man. Like for real, man. I don't, I don't understand why you ain't got no CD out, man. We we how we can't hear this on a regular basis. I'm 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 pushing myself today. I'm working on it. Please on do. It. Please do. And audience, man, please send me the emails and all that, man. Encourage this sister right here to put something on wax, man. Like, we got to get her on something on wax. Like, this is, like, you are phenomenal, man. Like, you are phenomenal. Like, I'm not just gassing you. Like, I wouldn't, you know what I'm saying? I wouldn't just gas you up. You official. You official, man. You official. Like, damn, man. You you making a poem, you making the whole show like damn man. I wasn't expecting all of this. I wasn't expecting all this. But but I promise you, we got you got two more pieces. And I'm gonna choose these pieces. You know what I'm saying? I want to choose them at the right time to go with the right part of the show. I want you to do one more piece, but that last piece we're gonna save to the very end. I'm gonna make the audience wait. So, you know what I'm saying? That last piece that you do, you want to do one more, but that last piece, the last, very last piece, I want you to leave a, a, a lasting impression on my audience. You know what I'm saying? But now, let's get back into the interview because we, we still got more to get, you know what I'm saying, to find out about you. So, you are a mother of three boys. Tell us yeah. about that. Like, tell us about that. How How is it? raising three boys like give the people the experience tell us man uh, boys whoo nah you know what i think because of how i was brought up like i really was raised more so around the men in my life mm-hmm. like my dad my brothers cousins uncles so for me it's not it's not that 
crazy, you know, um, very unconventional for the regular mm. female, the way I interact with my boys. But, you know, again, that balance that I have, mm. it works out. God knew what he was doing when he Indeed. made me. Because these three, you know, I have a <laughs> 15, 13, and a four-year-old. And a four year, wow, that's the, but that's good though. That 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 gap ain't too bad. Like I'm dealing with a four year old now, like I got a four year old now too. She about to be five next month, and believe me, my only child. And and yo, I they told me before how it was gonna be. I got a girl, so they told me before, but they didn't they didn't do it justice. <laughs> they didn't do they didn't do it justice of what I had to go through. Like she's something else, but uh, but you know what I'm saying, boys, man, you got three men and you're raising three beautiful kings, and um, it's a beautiful thing, man. I just want I want you to give some advice to the parents out there. Like, what do you do? Like some of the things that you face, and you know what I'm saying, having to raise black men, you know, it's different from the the fact that they're black men. You have to teach them differently than if they were something else. You dig what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So tell us about that. So from day one, you know, um, I'm very heavy and God I am. So prayer is like first thing for me. Mm. But from day one, I've always spoken to my son's age appropriately mm-hmm. about different topics, you know. <laughs> and my father used to laugh and my mother used to look at me like, what is wrong with you? Uh, my oldest head start. I was like, listen, you touch a girl or a girl touch you, you going to jail. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you know, they really scared then. It's like, what? I'm going to jail. I said, you got that mother. I don't do bitch. I don't do nothing. You got yourself into it. That's mm-hmm. it. So uh, one day, man, could make this up. So one day I go to pick him up from Head Start. Literally, little white girl. Little black girl. Mm. Kiss him on the cheek in the little cubby room. Because I'm like, you know why he taking so long? Usually we out the door. I go back there because 9 out of 10, he probably lost his hat. Mm-hmm. And he's sitting there like, my mom's going to get me. I'm going to go to jail. I'm going to go to jail. Oh, <laughs> and you know that that set the president for him like, you don't touch no female. Mm-hmm. And you know, as he got older, then I start teaching him the things of real life. And I used to always tell people the sad part is I have to teach my sons because of what they look like about death before they can even live. That's yeah, that's crazy, man. And, you know, and it's sad, but I've been, you know, instilling it in them, the culture where they come from documentaries, uh, real life ish that, Mm -hmm. you know, they try to take away from the history. That's of right. us and um my 13 year old when i say heavy heavy pro-black mm. love everybody but he loved his black woman and his black man more that's right and you know they were reading books about um they read the malcolm x autobiography already mm. uh Hugh p newton you know uh listen when i say they they have a, a wealth of knowledge about who they are where they come from but you also, as a parent, have to be willing to communicate effectively, to be understanding. You may not like a lot of stuff. That's right. 
But you have to understand that, yes, that is your child, but they're still their own individual. Yep. And I always used to tell my sons, like, listen, you know, I ain't tell them to like recently, you know, Mm. I was like, you know, y'all old enough to understand y'all always made your own decisions. I just be the one to curate you in the right direction. Like, Mm. hey, no, go this way. And you, you got to learn your child. That's right. And understand that in each segment of their life, after, you know, like adult stage, the young adult stage, they become a different person. Mm-hmm. So patience is definitely a virtue. A lot of people don't have, but you're going to need a parent. Right. And, you know, it's the stigma of, oh, you know, you got all boys, so they ain't talking to you about the stuff they want. And I'm like, no, we talk about everything. Mm. From, you know, when their balls dropped, that was mommy. Like, listen, I even, I know I can't do it alone. Some things I do know, well, I don't need nobody. But, like, I literally put a Facebook post. You know, some people feel some kind of way, but this ain't about y'all. This is about my kids. That's right. Right before they hit puberty and that teen stage, you know, where your balls drop. You know, I put a whole post, like, Mm -hmm. to all my men. Y'all know I'm a single mom. Y'all know how I am. Did it hurt? Do you know? When your balls drop, because I'm prepping myself. <laughs> I got to see the signs for my babies, you know? And, you know, and it blew me because some guys felt so disrespected. I'm like, bro, this is a part of life. Indeed. Indeed. And my brother called me laughing on the phone. He's like, yo, I, I can't with you. I said, it's the truth, though. Like, do, do they, you still didn't answer my question. Do they hurt? Do you remember that it dropped? He was like, honestly, no, nah, and if it did, it ain't hurt that much because who really remembers? Yeah, I'm like, exactly, oh, that's right. what I need to know. <laughs> and, and my whole thing is as a woman, I always tell them, every female becomes a girl, but not every girl becomes a woman or a lady. That's right. And vice versa, every male is a boy, but not every boy becomes a man. That's right. Or dude. And, you know, I put that in their head because it's a choice. Mm-hmm. That it's, it's 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 funny that you're speaking about this because it's it's crazy. Like when I first got into writing poetry, the first thing I wrote I wrote well in in my opinion, you know, I was writing me a thesis on the problems and the and the problems and the solution of the black man's and the black man in America, the problem and the solution of the black man in America. And I and I was like, I'm gonna write this. This is what I fe- felt. I went. I went necessarily call it poetry it was just things that i was seeing and i was observing and the way things were the the reason they were but anyway the point i was trying to make is that you you just touched on it male boy like in the beginning stage right you have three you have three stages you have gender which is you gonna be male or female you know what i'm saying male or female then you have boy then you have man you have girl, you have woman. So female, girl, woman. Male, boy, man. So I, I wrote from that perspective and I was like, I was noticing, especially in the black community, the reason yeah. why a lot of us go through the things we go through is because in our community, our parents are afraid to talk to us. They are afraid to talk to us specifically about sex, specifically about, you know what I'm saying, the the, the facts of life. Because they feel in their mind, if you don't know about it, 
you ain't gonna ask to. you ain't gonna do nothing. You ain't gonna ask no question. But if they feel that if they come to you and approach you about it, now you got you the license to do it. And and that's and that's not the case. The case is that they already knew about it. They probably knew yeah. about it before you even thought about even coming to them about it. But you don't want to tell them about it, so they're gonna take the advice of someone else. They're gonna take the advice of someone out in the street that probably yeah. don't know as much as you. And you know what I'm saying? And they're going to, and, and they're going to take that bad advice. So I noticed that as a kid, when I was a, when I was a child, I always tell this story, but when I was a kid, I was in fourth grade and this is a true story. I had a friend named Lance. That was my homie right there, Lance. So we got, we, the guys, we all talking about how, where babies come from. We in the fourth grade. So we just, the guys talking and was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know where babies come from. So boom, I was like, yeah, where they come from? You know what I'm saying? How, how how women get pregnant and all that stuff. So he was like, yo, look, this is how it works. He's like, my brother told me the whole, he told me the whole spiel. He was like, look, the man, the boy, he said, a girl, she got something called the period. So when he said that, I heard this before. I was like, well, I heard my, I heard my cousins and all of them. They used to talk about period. I heard, I heard the girls talking about this. So when he said the word period, I said, up. Oh, he know what he's talking about. Yeah, I'm all, I'm yeah. all ears now. Cause he told me a little bit of truth, but he don't know what the hell he's talking about. He so knows. he's like, he's like, yo, it, the girls, they got this thing called the period. And it looked like a raisin. And he said, yeah, it's like a raisin. And he was like, yo, he said, he said, when you get big, he's like, yeah, you know what I'm saying? Your, 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 your penis get bigger when you get older and it gets long enough to touch the raisin. And if it touched the raisin, then she get pregnant. You know what I'm saying? He said, we can't get girls pregnant. He said, yo, we can't get girls pregnant because we ain't big enough yet. We ain't big enough. But when we get bigger and we get big enough, our joint not be able to touch that raisin. That's how we get pregnant. Now, coming from a... Now, I'm in the fourth grade. Now, my parents ain't talking to me about no sex and none of that, so I'm trying to wing it. I don't know all the particulars, but I know there's some stuff going on, and I'm getting information, piecemeal information. But if my parents would have came to me and say, oh, look, sit down. Let me just have a rundown with you and let me yeah. tell you what you need to be prepared for. It would be such, such a better world for us. You know what I'm saying? Because a lot of there's a song is a song by the Tim Prees is a group, an old group. This was back in the 60s or 50s. But they got this song called Explain It to a Mama. And mm. if you ever listen to this song, this song is powerful because all throughout the song, he's telling her. He said, explain it to a mama. You better tell your daughter about all the things that out in life, the facts of life, the birds and the bees. So the moms don't want to talk about it. She's like, nah, nah, I'll tell you everything you need to know at a later date. When you get older, I'll let you know. I'll let you know. And so at the end of the song, this was the powerful part of the whole song. At the end of the song, he was like, you don't got to explain it to her no more, mama. Now that she got her own, she can explain to her own kid. Cause now she got mm. a kid. So all that time you was wasting being yeah. shy. You don't want to talk to your kids. Your whole job is prepare what your child it? for the endeavor of the transition. So Thank the transition you. is going to take place, whether the mind is ready for it or not. See, oh, the nice. body's going to make that transition. 
girls is going to go through puberty, boys is going to go through puberty. That transition is going to happen whether that mind is prepared for it or not. So a lot of times you'll find individuals who are old in age, but their mind, they're feeble. They don't understand things. Exactly. And that's what happens in our community. And then we got this, oh, when you turn 18, you magically a man now. You magically a woman. That's what they say. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, oh, you 18 years old. Now you don't get out of my house. Are you going to, or you going to get a job? This is what's being, you know what I'm saying? Said in the black household, but you don't prepare Mm -hmm. that child. In Islam, I use Islam as an example. In Islam, they tell you to teach your child how to pray at the age of seven. And then you beat them if they don't pray at the age of 10. So you tell them, yo, you show them how to pray. So you got from seven, eight, nine, 10 years old. So now when when you're 10 years old, you know that you have that obligation of praying. You have to pray five times a day. So now it's your responsibility. So if you don't, if you, if you don't take that responsibility on, then now you get chastised, you get punished for not praying. You miss the prayer, all right, you're going to get, when you seven, eight years old, you get a pass, you get a pass. But when you're 10, now you got to be a little bit of hard on them and like, yo, look, this is important. So I use that, that stratagem in a lot of different things in my life. You know, at the age of seven, being that age where you want to start teaching them about the endeavor that they're about to partaking or they, they're about to you know they're about to discover they're about to discover their bodies they're about to discover you know so many things in the world and you just got to prepare them for it because it's going to happen whether you want them to happen or not and that's what we don't realize we don't realize that oh oh if i don't talk about it i'm gonna sweep it under the rug like in your first piece we talking about how, how much things you sweep under the rug and and that and that's the thing in the black community we want to put elephants under rugs and we want to say this big elephant in the living room nobody want to say nothing everybody walking around it yeah everybody walking around it yeah what's going on yeah what, what was your day like like nobody see this elephant this is big you know what i'm saying so yeah man so i i, I definitely agree with that sentiment because it's so true that we need to we we have to it's in, it's it's just it's just so pertinent that we as a people start to communicate and engage with our children on that level because if you look at I'm going to use white people as an example they teach their children things that black people sh- I'm like oh mm-hmm. they're not going to put a gun in their child's hand white people they put guns in their child when they early when they 8 9 years old they got rifles I could never even dream of holding a rifle when I was eight, nine years old. I couldn't dream of that. Get a gun. Train that child up in the way they should go. Exactly. They, that's what they doing. They preparing them. You see it. You see. So when you see you, you shouldn't have no wonder in the world why they start shooting up schools and all that. They got the know how to do it. They, they got the know how, but this is something that black people won't do. They won't, now I'm not going to teach you that. And they feel that if you don't know, that means that you won't do it. But now nah, it doesn't mean that. It means that if you do know, now you can make an informed decision. And that's how we yeah. got to look at it. We got to inform our children. Is that exactly. we got to inform them, let them make informed decisions. Like you said, you're there to curate. You're there like, yo, you're going to, you make your own decisions, but I'm there. Like if you start swerving to the left or to the right, I'm like, ah, nah. Get back right, online, get back. Right. And that's what the parents is supposed to do, man. And kudos to you, my beautiful sister, dude, because, you know, it's hard work. It's definitely hard work out there raising black men, man. Black boys, man. It's, it's hard. So 
we getting towards the end of the show, so I got to get you to get two more pieces in. But that last piece, I want you to wow my audience. But I'm going to set the stage up for you right now to do your third piece, and then we'll get into that to that last piece. Coming back to the stage, let's give a warm, warm welcome to my sister and your sister, Miss Malika, Lady B. I enrolled in the University of Stimulation, and it's imperative that you put me on the roster. Learn me, professor. Stand over me and introduce me to your syllabus one on one. I'm a little articulate and arrogant, so your other students may walk away in disarray, but I, I need to be tutored on the dynamics of the stride and the ventromedial prefrontal, you know, where your ex meets the core and your text is read in my vagina and your brain gets excited while your mind controls the next movement. I mean, your intellect arouses me. It is how you say hypothalamus when illustrating the way sensation is felt in intramate I can be disruptive. When my attention isn't being fed, I'll sigh when I'm denied and I'll close the book and look around the class to read the room before I show my ass. I mean, do you want me to raise my hand or get down on my knees and plead? I roll my eyes when being scolded, but I'll allow you to discipline me in the way you see fit because I'm just trying to get an A plus your D. I mean, demeanor is intriguing and I don't mean to be misleading. I want your philosophy on something. Feel inside of me your lecture of history, like explain to me the simply complex way of the psychology of sexual possibility in society's mental institution. Give me resolution, my melanin tones and giving me sleep for my sexual development to understand the pineal gland. I'll be at the top of your brain, filling your veins, intensity. I can't sleep because I need you and her to stand and to stand me. Happiness, positivity, all in you subconsciously. My mind wonders as you teach, and I just need you to penalize me. I mean, put you into every part of me, dictate how my hormones should produce or secrete, relieve me from the lobes, and extend my thoughts about the pituitary endocranes, lifting spirits and seeping through mental pain. Tick, tock, tick. Talk. Your clock goes off. My mind returns. But now that your bell has rang and the masses unload, I meet you at your office door for this soliloquy to be explored as a dialogue. Well, damn. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. Yes. 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 You come, you definitely come from the school. You definitely come from that school of, of, of B, the school of B. Because I, I, I'm not going to lie, B. Everybody don't got that talent to be able to do that. That was one of the most raunchiest spoken word erotica pieces I've heard that was so clean. It was crazy. It was no, it was no vulgarity in that. It was nothing profane in that. 
but it was downright disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, the crazy thing about that piece, when a lot of people first heard it, that was like the first piece that I would did like on Clubhouse mm. for a lot of people. They heard certain stuff and it was like, oh, you know, but when they heard that, it was like, oh, that joy, everything, be oh my goodness! You know, <laughs> that well, you gotta always be vulgar, you know. I, got, I see. I gotta. I, you gotta bring you back on on because I'm gonna do an erotic series, and I gotta bring you back to spit some of your erotic catalog because that's obvious. You got a catalog. You you just didn't write one piece like that. Ain't no way in the world you just say I'm gonna decide to write one erotica piece, and this is it. My mom worked different. <laughs> Damn. That joint got so many punchlines and you know what I'm saying? That joint got so many bars in it, it's crazy. But what I what I appreciate about it is that it was mad clean. It was mad clean, but it was it was it was that's that's erotica. That's the art of erotica. If if you ask me, that's the art of erotic poetry. Is you know what I mean, being able to to get your point across without being vulgar. Because it's easy to write poems. Vulgar yes. poems. It's easy to write that. I could I could do them joints all day, but to become intricate, you know what I'm saying, and write something, and like, wow, you gotta you gotta use your brain to think. And that piece right there is crazy. It's not too many people that can do that. That's why I say you come from the school of B because B's good with that too. She she can write of something that's really just basic, plain, clean, but it's. Is the most raunchiest shit you ever heard put together. You like she heard that. She she definitely looked like, yo, where you been? Yo. I was like, I've been in the corner, you know, minding my business. That piece, this go, this gonna get that replay value. What's the name of that piece? Say, t- tell the people the name of that piece. So this is called In the Masses Sapiosexual. In the masses, sapiosexual. You got the titles to your poems is crazy too, man. Because the the titles you hear the title after the what you go like, okay, okay, okay. Because I chose violence when I when I read that I chose violence. I was like, I see, yeah, I, yeah. This is pretty much it. This is it. That's profound peace, my sister, man. Profound peace, man. Profound peace, man. Dope erotica. I'm definitely the fan of a. No, because I have a neurotic catalog as well. I also have a neurotic catalog. I write under a different pseudonym of Black Coal. You know what I'm saying? Because I didn't want my I didn't want my erotic poetry to yeah. You know what I mean? Because that was the problem. The problem that you you know what I'm saying you don't want to be labeled oh, I'm a neurotic, but no, I'm a poet. But I happen to do erotic poetry. You know what I'm saying? But that was official though. That's 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 definitely official. And uh, a lot of people don't get that. Okay, so I'm a psych major, right? Mm-hmm. And that is literally the breakdown of how you even get to that sexuality part of you. Mm. Yeah. And I be getting offended, you know, when people are like, I'm a sapiosexual. Like, do you even know what that means? Mm. A sapio, <laughs> a sapiosexual. Yeah. Get, that, explain, that's that's it, my it, testing point. Ex- explain it to the audience so they can understand where you're coming from. What's a All sapiosexual? Right. So in Lane's terms, we're going to keep it mm-hmm. short and simple. Basically, your arousal comes from intelligence. Mm. So you're not really stuck on the physical aspect or what they can do for you. It's, it's the arousal in the mental. Like, oh, mm. you can touch me there? What? Mm. Mm. That's where um, 
telekinesis really come from. Wow. Touching without touching you. Mm, that's dope. So, yeah. Patrice O'Neill, he said that. He's like, I don't know if you know Patrice O'Neill. He's a, he's a comedian. He passed away. You know what I'm saying? God, you know me, rest in peace. Patrice O'Neill, he said, he said, yo, he said, I was like 18 years old when I found out that women like us for other shit. <laughs> he was like, he's like, yo, I couldn't believe it. He said, you know what I'm saying? Cause men are, men tend to be very shallow. Men really go physically. They got to see you. Oh, yo, she got a fatty or she got this, she got that. But women are different and women can find like, you know what I'm saying? Like they say, finding a diamond in the rough. Women yeah. can, you know what I'm saying? Can, can probe you and be like, yeah, yeah, you you got potential, and I'm gonna bring it out of you, and I'm gonna, you know what I'm saying, I'm, I'm gonna get you there, yeah. you know. So yeah. they they see things that we don't see because men we're very simple and very shallow at times, but we don't see the the greater good. Women can see the greater good. They can look behind. Okay, yeah, all right, you got a you got you got a dead eye. All right, you know what I'm saying? You got a dead eye. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Okay. But you're very intelligent. You know what I'm saying? You know how to do this. You know how to do that. So men be thinking like, yo, because I got a dead eye, I ain't going to never get no woman of that caliber. I'm never going to get nobody. They ain't going to like me. But women like us for different shit. Like like Patrice O'Neill said, they like us for different things. Like men is the same thing with every man. Look, yeah. Oh, she got a fatty. Oh, oh she look good. No, it's the well, same cold, thing. Cold yeah, 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 it's the same thing. But women, they can see you know, they can see behind all that. They can say, okay, look, you know, this brother right here got potential and I see where he's going wrong at. I'm going to fix this right here. I'm gonna, you know, but there's potential and you, you have to be wise in order to do that. And men, especially young men, when we're young, we're not wise at all. Very hasty. Oh yeah, she got that. All right, let's go. You know what I'm saying? Not with women. Yeah. It's totally different. I can appreciate that, my sister. But I want to get you in because I don't want to hold you too much time. We've been up early in the morning. And uh, I want you to get this last piece off. And because uh, I appreciate you spending this time with me, man. It's like, I appreciate being You know what I'm saying? This, 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 was, this was a very dope interview. I know I'm going to get mad playback value because... You know what I'm saying? Your pieces is crazy. They're gonna be talking about this because I'm gonna make I'm gonna do I'm gonna put this on TikTok too. I'm gonna let you know. I'm gonna put some clips of this show on TikTok. Okay. And I'm gonna no, I wanna start the conversations, you know I me, mean, when we do these interviews. It's a good conversation starter. But uh I wanna I wanna get you in the studio so you can do your last piece and then we'll do our closing things, how we can find you, what we can do to support you, and things of that nature. So coming back, coming back to the stage performing her final piece let's give a warm warm welcome to my sister and your sister miss malika lady b embers falling on the skin from the eruption of movement, cremating the body of Black existence as the chimney puff, puff past, flickered ashes from burning churches into the world of forgotten history, throwing cocktails of obscene phrases mixed with devilish grins topped with the squeeze sourness of time. The bigotry of freedom fills the air. Civil rights have no meaning or movement, at least for the berries that are as light or as dark as me. We greet the evening night 
They call it strange fruit before we can even become ripe yet. They love the rooted bark they keep cutting at. Red line maps from the trees breathe, exhaling the blood that no longer runs through the lifeless bodies, showing the path of where we hung to where we laid to rest. I want to be free. Barbed wired and body, mind, and soul, wrapped cells blocked by an envious control, but we want to be free. Freedom. When will freedom ring? Freedom. Freedom, freedmen who earn their keeping will keep repeating it all over again until death do we part. The commitment to a life I never asked for is killing me softly with his song, telling my whole world, my whole life with his words, history. His story has shown me that freedom is a sense of illusion. When will freedom ring? False sense of hope, relaying the faith in a man's heart while his mind plays on his emotions, or are the motions of emoting the Great Depression of the Green Mile as we head into annihilation? We are fighting. We are fighting a redundant battle for the only thing that is given when you are finished within this world. Because nothing in life is free, and if this stands true, then what's freedom's running price? There's a demand for blood and the only supply is the black life lacking moral compass to show the way to one another. As my brother gets picked like a nigga one after another until their bars be cues to sauce this birth of a nation that simply exists to break bread of melanin. Drinking the sorrows and drowning the history from tomorrow. When will freedom ring? Like the bell, that has a crack, liberty to French praise, our pilgrimage coppers her into a master symbol, bronze and on display, a gifted view of the gifted hue to the giftless who lifted us piece by piece, broken down to have shackles replaced at the feet, welcoming others in this commonwealth, landmarked with a bloodstained banner, protecting the white and blue, forgetting the other colors that melted the pot. When will freedom ring? Ring the bells and let the chimes blow into the wind, representing my spirit being guided. I feel no pain. I feel no evil. I feel no evil, no regard of these past sins of my country. Tis of thee, sweet land of liberty, of thee I sing. The land where my fathers died, stripped of the Black man's pride from every mountain side. Let freedom ring. And now freedom is ringing. Ring the bell that releases me from this cancerous life. Ring the bell, the bird of less flight. As the film may go, I fight to rest. I fought to death. And now as I listen to God's voice, you know, that soft whisper, like when the winds blow to let you know the season is in your favor. Ring the bell, the PSA of the genocide that only received a hollowed cause, but I'm racist and insensitive when the brutal murdering of my flesh is still happening. Ring the bell for all the black babies that were taken, drowned, murdered, ripped apart, or used for babies. Ring the bell for all the young and old black men castrated mentally, physically, emotionally, and statistically forgotten, faded, and heavily jaded. Ring the bell for the traumatic syndrome that isn't supposed to be a thing for me because I'm aggressive and I'm less than. Ring the bell for the woman who is pretty for a black girl or too fat to be thick like the poison that grows from the root of 
the lips that speak this blasphemy, secretly indulging in the culture they were taught to get rid of. Ring the bell on the time frame timeline of my hurt and pain excluded from the world because who wants to hear any nigga complain or relive a moment in time that brings forth truth? Ring the bells, no reparations for permanent separation, integration, divided, intricate communication in our house on the hill. I need you to feel these words as they feel these worlds of disassociation of the ever first creation. Ring the bell by any means necessary. Notify them that my spirit has left and become free. Scream from the mountaintops for me. Free at last, free at last. Thank God Almighty, I'm free at last. Cause the bell of freedom only rings when you die, ding dong. Wow. Talking about closing the show. Talking about closing the show. Oh my oh. goodness. <laughs> my goodness, man. That piece is, whoa. That that piece is let freedom reign. Like I feel, I feel like that's the end of the movie. You know what I'm saying? Like you know how you get the end of the movie, the powerful movies like Lean on Me, like you know what I'm saying, the the march or whatever. And you get that 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 song at the end. It's like wow, man. That piece right there, Queen, is like that was that was a finale. Tell us, we got to, you know what I'm saying? We got to talk just a little bit about this piece, man, because it, it's so much in this piece, man. First of all, tell us, please, what inspired, like, what was what was the thing that made you start writing this piece? You know what I'm saying? I know it was in you already, your education, your background, you got you got all that information, but was it an experience that that sparked the, the pen on the paper with this piece? Like, what happened when you wrote this piece or just take us through it real quick, Queen, please. So, you know, um, I'm heavy, heavy into the culture. Like, I love, love Black men, period. Black women, period. Mm. And, like, living in Virginia. I feel you. You know, moving from north to the south, specifically Virginia, it, man, cultural shock. Mm. And you know, I'm 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 alright with being the only black girl in a lot of different spaces. You know, I've been there, done that. But um, this particular school I was at, you know, and all you see is people like us, but the teachers are mostly white down here. Mm-hmm. And it broke my heart when you know a young black girl said to me, "Miss B, you know, you're my first black teacher." Wow. I said, "What? How, Sway?" <laughs> <laughs> She was like, no, I'm serious. You know, majority of the teachers here are white. And then I like had to open my eyes for a second. And I'm looking around like, yo, I am literally the only black teacher on this floor. Wow. And it's like the oppression is still here. And if you have that mentality to succumb, they are right with that. That's right. When you like me, you come from a whole different background it's like nah bro I ain't gonna take that shit Mm -hmm. and I love my kids you know and I always tell my kids at school I treat them like I treat my own so the black boy the black baby especially the black boy for me Mm -hmm. is everything you know like I speak life into all my kids that's right home in school 
because they get enough of death everywhere else. Now, don't mean I won't, you know, knock you into your right direction a little bit, mm-hmm. but you you learn the case. You know who you can say what you need to say to. In this particular day that I wrote this, you know, um, Black History Month, right? Mm-hmm. You, you think they know certain things, and coming from the era of we we black we proud. You get to hear oh Martin Luther King, Sojourner Truth, uh, Ida B. Wells, like to the point you like I'm tired of hearing about George Washington Carver. I'm tired of hearing about I'm tired of hearing about uh, Marcus Garvey. And baby, when I say they didn't know not near name. Wow, that's crazy. And I love Malcolm X. You know, love Martin Luther King, but I, I love Malcolm X. His mind was just like. And, you know, I had these pictures up and it's their mug shots. Mm. Mr. Little before he was Mr. X. Wow. MLK before he was really like into the movement. Even Rosa Parks. They didn't even know who Rosa Parks was. Wow. And I was so hurt. Mm. I'm like, yo, you really can rewrite history. This is why I said like when you're in charge of it, you can put whatever you want. That's so, that's so true, man. It blew me because even older people here, you know, and I'm saying to the kids, like, y'all do realize Obama was not y'all first black president, right? Oh, some of them even know what the hell he was. Wow, man. I'm like, you know, y'all realize Lincoln mom was a slave, right? Why Mm. you think he bronzed and facing that way? They was like he was malusion. He was a malusion. <laughs> Hello. And then I said to them, I said, do y'all realize who George Washington was going back to? Mm. I don't know that that was a black man. Mm. I don't know. And I'm like, this explains why the two dollar bill, the original one, was taken out of circulation. Even the mm. second one was taken out of circulation because he was still on the back. And I told him, if you ever look at money, the darker the shade. That means it's you. Mm. And then I asked him, do y'all realize the most richest man in the world is dead? And he was black. Mm. He was like, who? Y'all don't know about Mansa Musa. You know, y'all learn about Africa. And then I'm looking at one of the teacher's history, like, curriculum. All of this, all of this, they learning about places they will never go. Mm. What we need to learn about England for? Half of them ain't going over there. That's right. Like you said, it's purposely done. You hit Africa, you got like three slides. Mm. You you said Mansa Musa was the richest man, but did you tell these kids he was black? Mm. Did you tell him why he was the richest man? Did you tell him that he was the reason for the gold system to have to be replenished and done over? He threw off the economy. He he gave away so much money, he threw off the economy. Yep. (laughs) It's crazy. That's the makers of a black man. Mm. I said, and if you don't know that, then you will never appreciate who you are and where you came from for where you need to go. That's real. And man, it like, even with my sons, it's like, you know, you see the revolutions on TV and it's like, bro, that's not a revolution. What the, that's right. The last poet said it. It will not be televised. The revolution is happening now. 
You gotta, you gotta be in it. You gotta be in it. You gotta know what's happening. It's, it's crazy, man. That I got goosebumps right now. I got actually, I got actually got goosebumps right now because I, I feel, I so feel what you're saying, my sister, man. Because uh, a lot of us, and it's purposely done. We're misinformed. Mm-hmm. That's why you have mm-hmm. these young black girls, young black boys, growing up thinking, "Oh, racism don't exist. Oh, that's oh, that's yeah. in the past. You just don't see the different shade of it." You know what I mean? Like, like it escalated exactly. from the actual person to the mentality or the laws. Like energy is never destroyed. Explain. That's right. Yeah, and and I, it, it's never destroyed, and and never. racism is an energy. Racism yeah. is an energy, and just like energy, it will transform into different aspects. Like they said, they said like like when you in a car, right? And they say you you press the accelerator, you pressing the pedal to accelerate, and then the brake. Now that's the same energy. It's the same energy. The same energy that's propelling the car to go is the same energy that causes the the, the car to stop. It's just mm-hmm. transferred in a different way. So energy is not destroyed. It's never destroyed. So this energy that they created of saying that you are this because of your skin, it's emanated yep. from something and it's here and it exists. It's not destroyed. They're just going to find different ways to transfer it. Like you mm-hmm. see them instead of saying, oh, you a nigga, you know what I'm saying? They'll say something like, you're very <laughs> urban. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Or you're something. <laughs> they just find different ways to mask it. And that part, that part, it hit because it's in it's in the piece when it's like you know I'm aggressive and less than. Mm-hmm. It's like I didn't have to put so many white females in their place mm. professionally, and mm. they was not expecting it because it's like they use the term oh she she's aggressive, exactly. and we all know what that means coming from a white she's lady black. to a white a black. Woman. <laughs> That's what she and said. I even look at them. I said I'm aggressive. Do you even know what aggressive means? Exactly. They look at me like. I said, see how you coming at me is very aggressive. You're you're making my workplace environment very awkward. I said, now if I was aggressive, baby, you would know. You wouldn't have to question it. That's right. It's it's crazy. And like <laughs> then you know, even in like history classes, we had like combined it, combined a few classes sometimes, and they were talking about the Holocaust, and I'm like, I agree with Whoopi. Do you know the definition of genocide? Exactly. Because you're you're literally killing off a whole race mm-hmm. for whatever reasons you're doing, and it wasn't a, a a spark of racism. It wasn't because they're all white. Mm-hmm. Colorism, yeah. maybe. Religionism, maybe. But racism, no. And like Whoopi said, you say you like she said you, people are acting like black people wasn't affected by the Holocaust. Like like we wasn't victims. Yeah, exactly. Like we weren't victims of the Holocaust. He hated everybody. So if we weren't victims, we have the right. We the same right that that they say that the Jewish person have to complain and say that, oh, they need reparations. Why we, why we can't get reparations? Because if you think about it. Genocide, that's what the Holocaust was considered. Mm-hmm. And it's happening to our people today. Today. Like, y'all had those couple years and y'all done it. That's not taking away from the families that went through the shit that they went through. That's right. But you can't have this whole, oh, woe is me. You're not allowed. We're experiencing the same thing, if not more. That's right. We went from, and they're still lynching kids like 2020. 
yep. during COVID. It was a an eighteen year old boy that just graduated in this city. Wow. First off, we all know as a black man, once you're able to get out your mama house, you out. You want the freedom. Mm-hmm. And if you suicidal, how the hell are you gonna tie a noose? We don't do nooses. We don't do that. We what don't. black man is gonna put it in a tree? Exactly. And like that's exactly. too much energy. Yeah, you know what they do. You know what I'm saying? Like they said with Sandra Bland, she hung herself. No, 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 no. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? For a traffic stop, for real? Did, did, she's that destroyed? Oh, oh, I'm going to end it all because I got I to. Gotta, come on, stop the nonsense. We know the games you play. We know how you do. You have a history of doing it. And we see you. We see you. You know what I'm saying? Not not trying to be insensitive, but the, the Holocaust lasted, if I'm, not, if I'm not mistaken, what, six years or something like that? Six not, years. Not even touching what other people been exactly. Going like racism. We went we went from being slaves, not getting paid for wages, from that being being backed in prison to go back to the same plantation because of vagrancy laws. After the vagrancy laws, we got the Jim Crow, we got the redlining, we got the lynchings, we got the all the persecution. Add it all up. You add it all up in a big old bundle. We don't have the right to be oh, what you so called call aggressive. You know what I'm saying? Yes. The reason why you call us aggressive because you expect us to be a certain way. If, yeah. if all this stuff was done to you, you would be aggressive. Mm-hmm. You they, would be. Get, you see the Karens prove everything. That's right. You get mad for something you can't control. That has nothing to do with you. Exactly. And you go from zero to a thousand. It's crazy. It's crazy. I like, you know what I'm saying? Like, we can talk about this all day, Queen. Like I really want to, I want to, I want to invite you back to the show because I do panel discussions, and okay. certain certain topics that I get on, I like to get different perspectives of people all in one panel, and we we talk about the um the topic. So I'm I'm in the process of doing the word nigga. The word nigga, should we use it? Should we not use it? What's your take on it? So I'm I'm formulating a uh, a panel discussion on that. Now I did the first one, the N-word discussion, but it was with the elders of our community. You know, I went to the elders of the community and seen that they lived in a time where the word, when you said the word nigga, it was meant, it wasn't meant as a t- of a term of endearment yeah. when it came from someone other than you. And their experiences when they was growing up hearing the word in their household and all that. So I did a I did a podcast on that and um it's called the N-word, but that was just the first episode. But I wanted to take another, a younger demographic and you know what I'm saying, hear what they their take on it. You dig what I'm saying? So yeah. definitely want to invite you back on the show for that. When I get all the pieces together definitely hit you back up on that and uh i'm definitely interested in hearing what you got to say about that no this was a i don't want the interview to end i really don't but i have to but this was a very enlightening interview i enjoyed myself thoroughly i mean you were a great guest your poetry was on fire i need the people you know i'm saying like hit her up how can we find you what can we do to support you tell the people so um, I am on Instagram, Ms. Lady to you. That's M, the letter Z, L A D I I, the number two letter U. Mm. Um, that's literally all across the board for all platforms. Just about um, send me a Facebook message because you can't really. And you on you on Clubhouse too, right? Because I'm on Clubhouse as Miss Lady to you as well. Do you have your own room on Clubhouse or or? or- I do have my own house. Okay. It's called it's called Ladies Haven. 
Um, like I'm more sporadical with it. I'm not that person that's like, oh, I got to do it every day. Like mm-hmm. I feel it. I do it. A lot of the times it's like the late night mm. type of rooms. Um, yeah, that's a, a free space. Like heavy definitely like, go check her out man check her out on clubhouse you know what i'm saying because i know you be having these interesting topics and we be having open discussions and all that i'm definitely gonna come through your show you know what i mean because i think we're definitely friends on clubhouse so you start something yeah, it'll, yeah. it'll give me that 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 um notification but uh i really enjoyed this interview man like you have so much to offer the world like i really want something in book form or on wax like for now y'all can come back and listen to this episode she got four recorded pieces on this podcast that you can be able to listen to anytime you want you know what i'm saying but definitely my sister man we got to get some of the work out of you because i need something i can just listen to you on a regular basis man your words are very powerful and i'm not just saying that you really need to be heard a book or something you know what i'm saying like we need something. I need something tangible from you. And uh, I appreciate you, Queen. And I'm definitely going to have you back. And you guys know if I say I'm going to have her back, she will be back. I'm going to have you back on the panel discussion. Um, I, I definitely want to hear your take on the N-word. And we got some other topics, too. And we got some other poets that frequent the show that come on during the panel discussions that I think will will just cause so much good interest and conversation. You and Lady um, Obsidian Rain, she she comes on the show on a regular basis and she has so many different profound point of views. So having both of you on the show together, you know, with two other fellas, you know what I'm saying? I think we can create some good, good conversations, you know what I mean, for the people. But uh, I want to pre- appreciate you again Thank you again, my sister, for coming through and spending this time with me because we went we went over like 40 minutes over. That's how good this interview got. So, you know, what I'm saying if it was if it was whack, it would have been done in like 45 minutes. <laughs> but nah. I appreciate it. I appreciate Most it. Definitely. My sister, man. y'all go check her out on Clubhouse. You know, what I mean, uh, Check out uh, on, on on Instagram. You can check out on Instagram. And uh, definitely she'll have some work for us very soon. And we'll be bringing her back on the show again, man. Because I'm not going to let this be wasted, man. This this acquaintance right here, I got to keep alive. Like, I really do appreciate you, my sister. And uh, thank you for coming on the show. Now is that time of the show when I want to address my audience and leave you guys with some parting words I hope I hope if you're hearing the sound of my voice I hope that you know that you are worthy I hope you know that you have a purpose and your purpose you need to live out right now this second this minute don't wait start now I hope I hope you stay on your grind never allowing anyone or anything to take you off your square spoken soul family i want to remind you i want to urge you i want you to know that i love you and i hope you love me too peace